Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. So on today's show, I'd like to introduce Nikki Krozek of Filthy Rich Writer. So welcome, Nikki. Thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, it's lovely to have you on the show today. So you're from Boston in the good old USA. So mm-hmm. what's the weather like there today? Yeah, I'm just north of Boston now. Um, and it's cold. It's been snowing yeah. for the past couple of days. I'm done with it. So Nick, you've got an incredible working portfolio. So tell our listeners a little bit about what you do, all about your company and some of these amazing brands that you've worked for. Thank you. Yeah, um, I have been very fortunate. Uh, I am a professional copywriter, so that's marketing and advertising writer. And uh, through the course of my career, I've worked with big multi-billion dollar companies like Adidas, well, Adidas, uh, Reebok, Hasbro, TripAdvisor, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, And then of course, you know, solopreneurs and just about every size business in between. Uh, And I've been doing that for 15 getting real close to 20 years yeah it's it's a quite uh quite a time span when you look back on it when you start to add it up um and then i also teach people to build their own professional copywriting careers wow so what was it like working for companies like adidas and reebok such amazing companies they the really good fun to work for weren't they really fun. Um, And I should say to clarify that I didn't work directly with them. I worked with an agency and these were the companies were the clients of that agencies, which is really actually often the case. Uh, But you still are working on Adidas projects and Reebok projects, of course, uh, and working with the people in those companies. Um, Really fun. But you know, the, the thing is, is that there's something fun to find in pretty much every client project. Yeah. The the kind of glamorous ones like Reebok and Adidas, um, I think people immediately think, oh gosh, that's going to be the, the most fun to work with. Um, but you would be surprised at how much fun you can find in working for clients that you might think wouldn't be that exciting. Like I've worked for a solar panels company. And I think some people hear that and go, oh, yawn, that's so boring. But the crux of what we do is, is solving problems in a way, solving challenges with words, making a connection between a target audience and a company. And uh, there's always something new to dive into and something to learn about the company and the target audience and all that kind of stuff. So honestly, it's, it's all fun. Yeah, definitely. So you've got your own company, Filthy Rich Writer. So when did you set up this company? How long have you had it? Uh, eight years now. Uh, actually, I probably closer to nine now because I started in uh, 2012, um, and I started it because I ended up. I was working for a company, and they had a new website, and they needed to ramp up their copywriting very quickly. They basically said, "Okay, we need to do this. We need to launch. You need to create a copywriting team for us." So I poached some writers from their editorial team. I brought on a few junior copywriters, and what I essentially had to do was teach them all how to write copies. So they would come in every day. We would go through principles. They would bring examples. We would discuss them. And once I got them up and going, and they were writing copy for this company, um, I thought, you know, there should be something like this. I, you know, I, I was lucky in that I learned a lot of copywriting principles from my dad, who was a marketing director. Um, but there was no real 
system for learning to write copy and then also learning to build your portfolio, learning to find your first clients and then learning to find regular clients and have a regular steady income. You know, there were some gimmicky, if you can write a sales letter like this, you can make yeah. six figures, you know, that kind of crud. Yeah. Um, but there was no real career training. And uh, so I put one together. I put together what I would have wanted uh, way back when I got started. So can we just go back to basics then and, ex and explain to our listeners exactly what copywriting is? Absolutely. It's a great question. And the, you know, the funny thing is, is that we are all surrounded by copy all the time, yeah. but we just don't know that that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so copy is uh, writing that is designed to persuade or to sell. Um, it is, it's the copy you get. It's the wording that you see in emails that you get from companies. It's um, on packaging for items that you buy. It's, it is ads in the newspaper and, and on banner ads, and billboards, that all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, so we see it around probably a lot more than we see any other kind of writing, but I think a lot of people don't realize or just don't, don't recognize that there's actually professional people doing that writing. So you also do some copywriting courses as well. So tell us all about your courses and what's involved. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So that is is that training that I started developing in, in 2012. Um, it's, it is, we call it the Comprehensive Copywriting Academy. And every once in a while, we'll have a student that'll be like, I can't believe how much is in here. And we say, yeah, well, we called it comprehensive for a reason. Um, because it really does take someone from not knowing anything about copywriting. I mean, you do have to have kind of a, a fundamental affinity for writing, yeah. um, but we take people from not knowing anything about it uh, to learning the foundations of how to write copy to, um, to more advanced techniques, to building your portfolio, building your experience, finding clients and, and going out there, making sure that you have a regular and steady income. So prior to the pandemic, of course, we're all on lockdown and stuck in this chaotic world at the moment. Would these courses be at a venue or have they always kind of been online? All online, um, which is great because, first of all, it's it's there's been no real difference for us yeah. uh, or for our students. Our students are still landing clients left and right. Um, but it also means that we can work with students all over the world. I mean, we do have students in the States, but we have students in the UK, in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, um, and actually several other companies, uh, countries as well. So yeah. it's fun. We can reach people from all over. And do they have a set period of time that they have to complete this course? Is it like an open, like open university, you do it within at your own leisure? Is it a bit like that? It is self-paced, yeah. um, which was really important for me because, you know, I've taken other courses in the past and it's a six week course or it's this. And as soon as you start to like fall behind, yeah. then you feel like yes, you can't keep pressure. up. Exactly. And it's, it's, you're doing this course for you, but then all of a sudden you have additional pressure and all that kind of thing. And plus, you know, life happens, <laughs> pandemics happen, but even exactly. just, you know, kids get sick or, or whatever. So it's a self-paced course that people can go through obviously at their own pace. Um, but we also give our students lifetime access because we have over the past eight years, I have continually added things as, you know, questions have come up. People said, well, how do I write this? And I say, all right, let me write a course about how to write videos or how to write webinars or how to write 
email funnels or any of that kind of stuff beyond the, the kind of the, the foundations of how to write any kind of copy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've added that in there. So there's a lot of content. Um, so we have the students get lifetime access so that they can dip back into it when they want to, whether they want a refresher or whether they have a client who says, oh, can you, can you write webinars? And they can say, uh, yes, I can. Yeah. And then they can go back in and, and learn. So what kind of qualifications does do people need to to maybe go forward with your courses? I mean, do you have to have a background in English or anything like that? Or can anybody take part and become a copywriter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that um, one thing that students are always concerned about is, oh, I don't have a background in, in writing or in marketing or anything like that. And that's not a problem at all. And in fact, we, one of the, the first things that we teach our students is how to differentiate yourself from the competition by highlighting the elements of your background that are not involved with, with copywriting. You know, what makes you unique as an individual and that what is what makes you unique as a copywriter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that you do you do need to just naturally enjoy writing. If you don't enjoy writing, it's definitely not the right space for you. If you are the kind of person who people are always saying, um, can you take a look at this email before I send it to make sure I come across right? Or can you write my cover letter for me or or anything like that? Um, I think those of us who are, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, those of us who are natural writers throughout our lives, our friends are always going, can you do this for me? Can you help me with my resume? Can you do this? Um, So if you're that person, then you probably, uh, you probably would do well at copywriting. Um, But beyond that, you know, you have to be willing to, to learn, have to be open to learning new things, which I think is a little bit of a surprise for a lot of adults. We forget what learning involves, um, that we have to come in with that open-minded, open-minded, uh, thinking and um, have to be willing to to start fresh somewhere uh, but also to be willing to take action you know you the the act of buying the course does not guarantee your success by any means it's you have to actually once you bought it that's great and thank you for that um, but you have to take action you know we give everybody the the exact steps to take but people have to be willing to take those steps. Yeah. Is it a hard industry to get into? Not nearly as hard as you would think it is. Um, the people who are most likely to say, ooh, copywriting, it's so hard to get into. Um, those are the people who, number one, never actually learned to write copy, like never actually received training. Um, and then that kind of makes sense. <laughs> you know, I mean, who's going to hire you to write copy if you don't know how to write copy? Um, but also number two, you hear that a lot from people who don't have like a system for finding and landing clients. You know, there are a lot of copywriters and I think kind of freelancers in general who just think, okay, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to put up a website. I'm going to tell people and then I will get clients. And unfortunately, wishing and hoping is not a strategy to find clients. Yeah. So this might seem like a really daft question. So what's the difference between copy and content? No, it's actually a great question because a lot of people don't understand the difference. So copy, like we were saying, is that that marketing or that that selling or persuading language. Um, content, though, is copy, excuse me, content is wording that is designed to educate, to entertain, or to inspire. So that's like your blog posts, that kind of thing. Um, and content can be really fun, 
But uh, unfortunately, because there is less training involved to write content, to write blog posts, um, it's a lot easier to enter the market as a content writer, which also means that the content market tends to be uh, a little bit flooded and that also drives the costs down. Um, so it's really hard to make consistently good money as a content writer. And you also have to kind of churn out content constantly. So it tends to be very much a churn and burn industry. Yeah. Um, whereas copywriting, because uh, companies can directly link the results of copy to their bottom lines, companies are much more amenable to paying our, our high rates because of the high value that we give our, we give our clients. Yeah. So do you find that you have to really keep on trend with the current lingo? Um, for example, you know, the youth of today, they use lots of abbreviations in their messages and in their writing. Uh, at my age, sometimes I think, what on earth are they talking about? But you really do have to kind of keep on trend, don't you? I mean, you do want to be aware, but yeah. within your, your copy, the, the words that you use are going to be so much more driven by your client and even more so by the words that that target audience uses. You know, um, it's if you're frankly, you're not often going to be writing for a, a child, no. um, but, and even still when you're writing for uh, a teenage audience or, or a younger audience, you need to make sure that you're not forcing terms in there just to see hip and to seem cool yeah. and that kind of thing it's yeah. it's you want to be very careful about really using words that resonate with that target audience yeah. um you know i think that sometimes people hear copywriting and they think oh selling oh no 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 i don't want to be sell i don't want to be salesy um, and that's really not what copywriting is about it's about uh yeah, a target audience that has a want or a need and a, a company or an organization that has the solution to that want or that need. And as copywriters, we make that connection between the two by writing in ways that convey that key message from the company and writing it in a way that resonates with that target audience. Yeah. So you need to use words and phrases that that make that target audience go, oh yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Wow, they get me. This is the right solution for me. Yeah. So where's the best place to find clients in the copywriting world? The great thing is, is that clients are all over. Um, I mean, the thing is, is that literally every company or organization needs copy, needs great messaging. Now, of course, not every company or organization is going to hire a copywriter, even though they probably should, but every single down from, you know, your tiny mom and pop bakery around the corner to your big multi-global corporations or multi-billion dollar global corporations, just one globe so far. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but they all need copy. And the thing is, is like we were talking earlier about that wishing and hoping, just waiting for clients to come to you, that doesn't work. Yeah. So instead, what we teach our students is to craft outreach to these companies, craft pitches that um, is that conveys value and conveys enthusiasm and the, the end result is that these pitches are actually welcomed by companies um, as opposed to most of the, the terrible mass pitches that you see. I'm sure you have gotten a bunch yourself and yeah. you think, why are you sending this? Does this actually work? Um, but the, the pitches that we teach our students to craft um, are 
very effective. And it also means that our students are in control of the opportunities. You know, it's up to them how many pitches they're going to send out that day. If they want more income, they're going to send out more pitches. If they want to dial it back, maybe they have a vacation or things are just busy, then they send out fewer pitches. But the great thing about doing it that way is that it, it puts, it puts the, the writer, the copywriter in control of the, their career basically versus, you know, going to websites and hoping that someone has posted a job or posted a project. Yeah, it's really true though what you say when, you know, people can receive lots of different sales pitches as such. And when I receive them, unless it really strikes me, it just goes into the dustbin. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's the first line, isn't it? The very opening line that really has to be, oh, that's quite Mm -hmm. interesting. It must mm-hmm. be really difficult, though, to teach that to people. Well, you know, the individual as well. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is that um, one of the things that is going to turn people off from a pitch is when there is anything salesy at all. Yeah. So our technique strips away any and all sales elements yeah. so that it's in your inbox. And the, the crux of the email is it's providing value. The you know, the, the pitches that you're sending out, you want to start out with, you know, Hey, I really like this about your company. Um, and obviously each, each email has to be researched. So it has to be personal to the company, but Hey, I really like this about your company. I like that you did this. Um, I noticed this opportunity, this thing that you could do that would benefit your business in this way. And also I'm a copywriter. If you'd like to talk about this, I'd love to, I'd love to chat. So it's very much, it's not, the problem with most pitches is that most pitches make it about the pitcher as in I'm sending you an email and I want you to give me a job. I want you to give me something. I want you to hire me. Whereas the way we teach our students to pitch is it's very much about the, the recipient. It's we are giving a gift. We're, we're giving an idea. And because it's not about sales, it's about, hey, I genuinely like your company and here's something I think you could do and here's why it would benefit you it's, it's received in a totally different way. And, you know, we get students who say people are thanking me for reaching out and pitching them, which is not something that you hear anywhere else. Um, And we even get students too, who are like, well, I didn't hear back from them. We have had students that say that have told us that a year after they sent a pitch, a company has said, Hey, you saw this and wanted to reach out to you and, and start doing this work because the pitches were so good and so genuine that people are saving them. They're not, it, it's almost the, the, in a way, kind of the opposite of reading something and going, Oh, this is terrible yeah, and deleting it. it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Especially because you're taking the desperation out of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you're doing, isn't it? That desperation of this person really wants to work with us or really wants a job sort of thing. Exactly. Please give me a job. Yeah. It's not at all what it's about. It's, it's, it's a gift. It, that's what we talk about is showing up at someone's house with a gift. Yeah. So do you think that copywriters are best finding a niche in the market and sticking with that if they're good at it? No, it is. That is such common advice, I think, for copywriters and for freelancers as a whole. When you are starting out, it is a terrible idea to to try to put yourself into a niche. First of all, because you don't know if you're going to like it. You know, if you're brand new to copywriting and you say, I'm only going to work for this industry or I'm only going to do this kind of writing, how could you possibly know whether or not you're going to enjoy it? 
Um, and you know, you also don't know if that, whatever that segment you've chosen has enough work to support you as a copywriter. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that too, you know, when you choose, when you say, I'm only going to do this, if someone comes to your website from a different industry and is interested in hiring you, they're going to look at your portfolio and see that you see only work in this niche. And they're going to assume that you either don't want to do work in other industries or you can't do work in other industries or your skills are so limited that that it's not even an option for you. And so they're not going to get in touch with you. Um, you. Choosing a niche right away artificially and unnecessarily limits a copywriter's opportunities. Yeah. Um, when a copywriter is first getting started, what they really want to do is actually build a portfolio that shows the depth and breadth of their experience. They want to demonstrate that they can work for multiple industries and that they can write in different types of, in different tones and in different voices. That is what really shows a company that you are flexible and you can work for them. And then later on, if you want to choose a niche, if you discover you really love XYZ type of writing or XYZ industry, then you can. But you know, it's not, not necessary by any means. Like I've actually never chosen a niche. Yeah. It's a very common piece of advice and it is very, very misguided. Yeah. So do you find through your experience that maybe many writers have become copywriters because they're not earning enough as writers? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is, is I mean, I guarantee you heard it because I know I heard it is that you can't make money as a writer. No, right? I'm still trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's the sad thing is that for the most part, it's true. Novelists, um, blog writers, uh, even journalists, very sadly, you can't make a good living in any of those fields, um, which is, I think, part of the reason why people get people who have always loved to write when they discover copywriting. It's it's like a revelation yeah. because it is actually a field in which you can make very good money as a writer using your writing skills. But I suppose if you're a slow writer or you're slow at creating something quite innovative and different for a client, you know, you're not going to make as much money. You've really got to learn to be quick at what you do, haven't you? Oh, I'm actually going to counter that. <laughs> uh, because, I remember years ago, I did, um, I wrote some, I wrote something for a website for a company and I hadn't had much experience. It did take me quite a long time to do, which didn't really, in the end, work out much value for money, for me, because I've put so much hours into it. I mean, it was value, it was a really good piece and they really pleased with it, but I was starting out at the time. So for me, it wasn't really, well, worth the, the money I was paid for it as such. So when you first start out, I suppose you are gonna be quite slow. You wanna get it right until you get some experience. Do you know where I'm going with this? <laughs> I do, yeah. But um, I what I would blame that on more so than on you being slow or new is um, perhaps not factoring in the full the full extent of the project when you and this client um, yeah. agreed on the price, right? Because if you went into it knowing or at least having a ballpark of okay, I think it's going to take me this long to write it, and there'll probably be some revisions because there's always revisions with copywriting and um, that we'll have at least a meeting or two. When you factor that all in and you go, okay, well, this is my, this is the hourly rate I want to make. And I'm going to factor all of that in. Then you can come to them with the project price and say, this is the price that I do, that I will do this project for. Yeah. And then you can know that because you, it's based on 
your understanding of the way that you write and your, your speed and all that kind of thing, that you will be making a, a good rate. Um, and it's pricing is, is difficult. I don't think it's something that anybody ever really and truly masters, but um, you know, getting faster may be a byproduct for some writers, but it's not necessarily a goal, you know? No, we're not going to get the quality the same. You've got to get the quantity, mm-hmm, not the mm-hmm. quality. Well, and that's one of the reasons that we don't charge by by the by the minute. And, and generally, it works out better to charge by the, by the word. Um, and generally, it works out to charge better by the project versus by the hour because you can factor all of that in. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, you know, at the moment, the world is going through this chaotic pandemic and it's affected most industries. Do you think that, there's more chance of people making a good living being a copywriter the way things stand at the moment. Yeah. Um, when all this started to happen, um, you know, my students, our students, uh, they were all very nervous and, you know, recession, pandemic, da, 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, and because yeah. I've been doing this so long, I do, while I have not lived through a pandemic before, a global pandemic before, I, I have lived have lived and worked through a recession. And, you know, I would tell my students the first time I made six figures as a copywriter was in 2008, after in the middle of the great recession after I left a full-time job to go completely freelance. Um, the thing about the thing about when there is chaos in the world, when there are when the economy is up and up and down and when there is all this kind of stuff is businesses get hyper focused on their revenue on selling. Um, and unfortunately what that can mean and often means is that areas of the business that are not focused on that bottom line, which can mean content writing, very unfortunately, um, sometimes those get, they get furloughed or they get, uh, redundant or gone. Completely. Exactly. Exactly. Or gone completely, which is please don't get me wrong. Terrible. Yeah. Um, but what that does mean is because messaging is so important to selling. Um, it means that it's a really how do I say this? I don't in any way want to sound insensitive, but the the fact of the matter is that it's a really good time to be a copywriter, especially a freelance copywriter, um, because companies are hyper-focused on selling and on continuing their business. And, you know, if, if a company is laying off staff, um, it does, they, they can't then bring on another, they can't bring on a full-time copywriter, but it's very easy for them to bring in a freelance copywriter. And I don't mean that they're laying off copywriters and bringing on freelancers. That's not at all what I mean. Um, but I mean that if they have laid off staff in other departments, it's, it's very hard to justify bringing on full-time people, whereas it's very easy for a company to bring in freelancers. So in the midst of economic chaos, it can be a very good time to be, especially a freelance copywriter. Yeah. Um, and you know, our students have done better than ever. They have thrived over this past year in a time when I think nobody really expected anyone to thrive except maybe Netflix, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Now I have to ask you this question because I love the name of your company, Filthy Rich writer do people question that when they contact you it's just amazing i love it tell us more where the name came from yes well thank you for loving it uh there are many (laughs) many people that do not and very vehemently will comment on our facebook ads and let us know how terrible we are as human beings (laughs) um but fine then fine um the the it for me being filthy rich means having a job you love um doing it well and getting paid well to do it. 
Um, and that's what copywriting is for me, for our students. It's, it's this amazing opportunity. And so the reason that I named the company Filthy Rich Writer was because, because we're so used to hearing, oh, writers can't make any money. Writers, you'll never make any money as a writer. I wanted to kind of stop people in their tracks. Yeah, and stop the, the con- crowd. Exactly. The concept of being a filthy rich writer is something that we writers are so unfamiliar with. Well, that's that's not that's impossible. I've always been told that that's impossible. So what I wanted to do was to actually make people stop and go, "Well, well, well now wait a minute. What is this? Is yeah. that is that true? Is that something that I I want them wanted to to catch them to catch their attention and to just get them open to exploring, open to learning more. Because even though copywriting is is a very real career and you know there are copywriters working all over the world for agencies, for free, on their own, for in companies, um, for whatever reason, there are a lot of people that are completely unaware that copywriters exist. exist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So for, for a lot of writers, it's, it's a whole new, it's a whole new world. Yeah. So tell us all about this fabulous podcast you've got as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm very happy to say that we, uh, <laughs> I think after maybe a year of me promising the students it was coming, <laughs> we launched our podcast a couple of months ago. It's called the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Uh, very straight and to the point. Um, but in it, uh, my my head of marketing, our, our head coach, Kate and I go through everything, <laughs> all of the myths, all of the misconceptions, techniques for writing, techniques for building your business. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. And then we also get the opportunity to interview students, interview other experts. So it really, uh, we've designed it to be just another way to get access to all of this all of this information that we have in our heads. Yeah. Is it a weekly <laughs> podcast or a, a monthly or daily? What kind, you know, is it every day? Yep. Weekly podcast, weekly. Uh, Wednesdays, uh, with uh, some bonus content coming out some Fridays. Very mm-hmm. good. Oh, well, Nikki, it's been such a joy talking to you today. I know we froze a few times. I do apologize. It's Zoom for you and the uh, across the Atlantic and all that going on. I think we should choose to, to blame the weather. It's cold here. <laughs> yeah. It's cold there. It is exactly. <laughs> for our listeners, how can they get in touch with you if they want to uh, jump on board the copywriting world and, and do your courses? Um, how can they get in touch? Absolutely. So uh, you can find us across the web at Filthy Rich Writer, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Um, but also if they've heard this and they are interested and think maybe this might be something they want to explore, um, I would encourage them to go over to freecopywritingtraining.com. They can sign up to get our, we have a free on-demand video, so watch it when you can. Um, and it's called, uh, or it talks about how to get, get your first freelance clients. But even if they're not ready for that yet, there's still a ton of information that's going to give some, some great insight into the industry brilliant oh well i wish you all the best with your podcast and all the best with filthy rich writer and i hope to chat again to you soon absolutely i'd love it you've been listening to an appetite for life sponsored by day bank house dental practice where happiness starts with a smile if you are interested in any of my packages or wish to be a guest on this show then you can contact me via my social media pages karen kelly podcasts or send an email to karen at btinternet.com